Hey folks, welcome to another interview-only episode of the MLF Bass Fishing Podcast. For this one, we had to have Randy Howell on. He kind of dominated the headlines at stage one of the Bass Pro Tour uh, down in Louisiana, uh, catching multiple double-digit fish on back-to-back days. So we broke it all down. Um, We also uh, talked a little bit about his son Laker and his early success. Uh, some of his uh, health troubles last year, what his goals are this year, and, uh, you know, generally kicked around the tournament conversation, but we really focused on those two giant fish, and uh, if you like Big Bass, uh, this is a pretty good episode to listen to. Uh, But anyway, thanks to Randy for coming on, and uh, here he is. Alrighty, and now we are joined by Randy Howell, uh, the... I would say probably best big bass fisherman in Louisiana, a uh, classic champ, Bass Pro Tour Pro, Tackle Warehouse Pro, Circuit Pro. You're doing it all, and you're doing it really big right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, I tell you what, it, is, it has been a, a wild, fun ride this past week. I tell you, I've really uh, prayed really hard lately in the first of the year and about having a good start to the season and just having a good season in general and taking on twice the workload with the pro circuit and the Bass Pro Tour in order to get myself back in the zone and get back into more competition. And uh, and so far, man, it's, it's going good. And uh, just the, the things that happened this week and the last couple of days in Canada were just like memories of a lifetime that I'll never forget. It's just amazing you know, how, like, lightning striking twice to have that happen two days in a row is just unheard of, and I'm so thankful. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's incredible, really. You you finished sixth in the tournament, you know, that first Bass Pro Tour event, but really, like, I that was kind of, like, finishing sixth is important, but kind of the story was that you caught, like, basically the two biggest fish in the world, which one do you want to talk about first? Because I feel like we need to break these things down like in detail. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, it's uh, it's it's really great. It's really great. Uh, the big fish are the are the main the main talk. Though, that's for sure. It's uh, it's been just crazy how it's all happened, and, uh, and it happened so quickly, and not and and to happen on a tough day of fishing. Really, both fish, both days, the first 10-pounder and then the 12-pounder, they both came on some of the hardest mental, mentally tough fishing conditions I've had in a long time. You know, only getting two or three bites in a day of competition. And, and on Score Tracker, that's unheard of to have such tough fishing across the board. As as we know it, most times somebody's always catching them good, but this time it was tough and for uh, that 10, 11 to bite it that day, and boom, catch him, and that pretty much made my whole day, set the record, and my biggest fish ever, and that helped catapult me into making the, the final 10 event, uh, and then to go into that deal yesterday, and just thankful to be there, never seeing the lake before, fish for six hours, never have a bite, and then all of a sudden, boom, get that one bite, and it's 12, 14, it's another lake, a lake record, and a 
another personal best, another tour record. It's like, man, God is God is good. He's got a sense of humor, and he's he's uh, really blessed me a lot with it. And I'm just like I say, I, that's that's I don't even know what else to say about it. Dude, it is incredible. Um, I guess the first fish on Caney in the knockout round. Did you have anything in the boat when you caught it, or was that your first keeper of the day? Or well, keeper and in the boat, but was that your first yeah, fish of the day? Yeah, that was my first fish of the day. It sure was. And so that started my day out right, and I caught it uh, not immediately, but I, I think I probably caught it maybe within the first hour, I think. So it, it got me started right. I knew then if, if it uh, stayed tough that that fish was going to go a long way. That's like catching five keepers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what did you catch it on? What were you doing? Because I, I haven't seen the video well, of it. I know you probably had a GoPro rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had the It'll be popping up. We'll start popping up showing it here shortly. They, I gave the footage to Randy White and the production team so they could use it since I didn't have a camera, a regular camera guy in the boat at the time. So... I think they're they're they've got the footage. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I, caught, I had a I had a decent pattern. I thought that was going to be really good that day, and it turned out you know where I I caught several fish in practice. That's where I started, and and didn't catch fish there. But I just kind of went slowly away from that area, back further into the big pocket and the big flat, and was kind of just roaming, trying to see if those fish moved that I thought were on the on the front end of the point out there and never caught another one in there but that one fish and it was on a little secondary nothing point in the back of a pocket the least like the least likely place you would have ever thought you would catch a 10 pounder at and uh and i caught it in like three feet of water on a lipless crankbait and uh, i had been catching i've been catching quite a few decent fish you know, in, in that one day of practice on Caney, throwing a Livingston Pro Ripper uh, lipless bait and then an old one-knocker that they don't make anymore. I just kind of was rotating between the two. And the, the, the big fish just happened to buy the old one-knocker bait that I was throwing. And, uh, but that fish, the way it bit, it, it, I think whatever I was throwing at the moment in front of him, I think he, she would have bit it because she swallowed it. I mean, she was a mean, bad, bad dude, bad girl. She came came up there and hit it real close to the boat and just about took the rod away from me trying to fight her man it was really awesome dude that's awesome i love a big fish on a on a crankbait like when you can't see the bait because like you know that fish it didn't just slap at it it didn't chase it like it 100 percent ate it you know it's amazing yeah that's right it was gone the only thing that makes me nervous when you when one comes up beside the boat and it jumps and you don't see the bait you know i've had so many of them fish that have the bait just wedged in their in their throat and their hooks not even be stuck in them you know and that one was kind of like that that hook I, I reached in with needle nose and just pulled it right out it wasn't really locked in that good it was just swallowed basically so it makes you nervous but man I, when i got my hands on her i was i knew immediately that was that had to be the biggest bass i'd ever caught and i caught five or six in my life Ten and a half pounds, ten eight was the biggest I ever weighed in a Bassmaster tournament years ago, and so when it was ten eleven, I didn't even know the record on MLF was ten eight, and so when it was ten eleven, I was just excited that it was the biggest one I'd ever caught at the time. So I was I was satisfied. 
Japan. That's a that's amazing because like I, I guess you know you fish a lot of tournaments, so there's pretty good odds you're going to catch big fish in a tournament. That you might catch your personal best in a tournament, but to do it in two tournament days consecutively is like unreal. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. I know. Like I say, you couldn't you couldn't dream it up or script it up any better than it happened. And, you know, and that's why I say is no doubt the good Lord above was was uh, allowing it to happen, and they just answered the prayers. And I prayed for some big, great things to happen, and prayed specifically to catch the biggest fish I ever caught before. I've been specifically asking and praying for that there every you know all year this year, and uh, and, the, and the and the Lord just showed up and let it happen. So I'm very, very blessed. Man. Um, had you, uh, the, both of these tournaments, really the whole tournament was like, it was such a, uh, it was such a grind. You know, there were, it was not, yeah. nobody was catching a lot of fish. Like, even the guys leading were not catching big numbers. What was, that's right. Were you totally ready for both of these fish? Like, were you concentrated and zoned in, or did they surprise you a little bit? Well, I, I was definitely, the first fish, the 10-pounder that morning, I was definitely uh, still in a, in a highly expectant state mentally because I was in an area that I did well in practice, and I, I was seeing uh, a lot of fish on my active target, on my Lorenz active target, and with those electronics we have now with active target. Now you don't have to guess or you know, wonder if the fish or, or if the fish are really there because you see them and you know they're there. So I was seeing a lot of fish down this grass line. And uh, so when it bit, of course, the size of the fish surprised me because it was so big. But i also been told by so many people at the ramp that morning that, hey, this is a big fish lake. There's a lot of 10-plus 10, 10 pounders in this lake. So, uh, you know, I was ready for that one. But the, the one yesterday um, on the final day at, at Blessing Break Lake, uh, I was about probably, I was probably 300 yards from Alton Jones. He was across on the other point. So I could see him well enough to know that he could, that he, I could hear him hollering. He had a, he said he had a big, big one. I saw him over there fighting it. And it was on score tracker popped up and said nine pounds. So he caught a nine pounder in front of me. So right when that happened, I thought, I just had caught a three-pounder, my first fish, three-and-a-half-pounder. So I, I, I kind of perked up a little bit and thought, hmm, you know, there's some big ones around this area right here. If I just get a big bite, it can move me back up into the top top five or top six, you know, make a lot of difference in the money and some points, you know. So I was expecting any minute to catch one, but it still surprised me on the size, you know. I flipped in that bush uh, with a little five-inch Cinco. You know, just all of a sudden, the line starts swimming out just like a regular bite. Whack, set the hook, and there's a gigantic monster comes flying up out of there. And she she jumped and moved her around like a like a young fish, not like a not like a big old 13-pounder would be. And my I thought, you know, it really didn't didn't. Uh, it fought, tried to really fight like a, a young, healthy fish. So it, it was amazing. I was really thankful to have her hooked on a big Ishman Road Iowa flipping stick and have it on big 22-pound Iowa fluorocarbon line. So I, I had good control of her and kept her from going down in the bushes and getting, getting off. 
Yeah, dude, that that lake looked like or almost pond really. It's not that really that big, I guess, if I'm looking at it right. But like, it looked like every inch of it should have a fish, and also that you could probably figure out any number of ways to lose one. Like, it looked like very treacherous oh, fishing. Gosh. Yeah, I told uh, I told the, the camera several times yesterday that I bet there's more fish broke off in that uh, lake and more war stories and sad stories told around that lake than anywhere we've been because you can bet you all the locals and people that fish there that are just weekend anglers, there's no telling what gets broke off and lost there on a daily basis. Because it, it's like the jungle there. It looked just like a Mexico. It looked like a Mexico lake or a South Texas lake where it's just all flooded nothing cut down just a very beautiful perfect place to, to fish you know and we were just there at a bad time the water was still cold the water was still 52 degrees or so and Florida string bass that's why the catch rate wasn't high as far as numbers go but our overall weight fish weight average was probably the highest we've ever had in history on major league fishing yeah it's got to be because i don't I mean, I don't know if I saw somebody catch a two-pounder the whole time. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> but, like, every yeah, every really. time one bit, yeah. it was huge. Yeah, it was a three-pound, three I think maybe 215 or three pounds was, like, the smallest fish weighed. And then and then it was just a couple three-pounders caught, and then the rest of them were four, five, seven, eight, nine, you know, two nines, like two or three eights, and then that almost 13-pounder. So it, it was putting out some monsters until they, uh, after Major League Fishing Live, you know, was on there and everybody saw that lake. And then when the TV show comes on later, um, it's going to blow that place up. They're going to have so many people there fishing that the locals are going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, so so Tyler Stewart, uh, Pro Circuit Pro, uh, he caught a 12-11, I guess, you know, last spring. And you obviously you've topped him now with a 12 14 you've got the lake record do you have any other lake records that we need to know about or is this your this your claim to fame (laughs) that's my claim to fame man i fished for uh 30 years just about professionally i'm 48 years old and my whole life has been committed to you know fishing and uh, bass fishing and i've been in a lot of great places at a lot of great times and i've never never caught one that big and i've never had a record of any kind so it's a very big honor and a blessing to, to have that now it's it's super cool um like to break to, to set the record twice for the for the bass pro tour and on back-to-back days that's like the icing on the cake to me because like you know any single fish there's an element of luck to it right like you're not you probably I mean, I yeah. guess maybe if you went out tomorrow, you would catch a 13 or 14 pounder because you're on a roll. But, yeah. you know, generally <laughs> it lightning doesn't strike all the time. But you just, like, did it two days in a row. Easy as pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, it's why I say I, I don't, I definitely, my wife said last night when we finally got out of there and stopped to eat in, in the little town there nearby, she said, you know, we, we, we might ought to buy some lottery tickets before we leave this area <laughs> because uh, the way everything was going on. So, I, uh, I told Laker that I you guys should probably go to Vegas because uh, <laughs> the whole family is on a roll right now, it seems like. Yeah, that, that, um, and that was the other cool storyline. You know, Laker, um, 
most of most of the people that follow us in fishing know we've always been a pretty public, you know, family that travel together and fish together all our life. My wife Robin and I have been married almost thirty years, so we've traveled together on the tour homeschool Laker and Oakley for all all of Lakers high school in life and Oakley's now in high school playing basketball in Gunnersville. But but anyway, Laker, you know, has gotten a two year business degree and um and is guiding on Gunnersville with a guide license there and he's pursuing his career in major league fishing and he's in the Toyota series now on second second year and um he had a great tournament down at Okeechobee last week and then he stopped off to film a YouTube show with Andrew Dorby on the headwaters lake and lo and behold goes out and catches his personal best biggest in his life 11 and a half pounder and I was so excited for him and um, so three days later four days later or whatever I catch the 10 11 and we're talking on the phone and he's fired up and excited for me but his last little remark of the night was yeah I'm proud of you, and I'm happy for you, Dad, but I still got you on big fish. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you, won't, you probably will never beat me. That's 11 and a half pounders, the big one. I said, you're right, man. I probably won't. That's a giant, you know. And then who would ever thought 20, less than 24 hours later, I would catch a 12-14 and blow that out of the water. So uh, I, I, I poked him a little bit last night when I got on the phone with him. So he, he said everybody had already been harassing him pretty hard on texts and calls. <laughs> I mean – I here's the thing I can understand him getting a little bit cocky because like a, an 11 pounder that's doing something uh but yeah boy yeah. I mean I guess he picked the wrong time <laughs> yeah yeah I mean like you say it's a crazy thing you just never know and that's and that comes back to like I said on live yesterday um the, the fish bass fishing is an emotional roller coaster especially a competitive bass fishing in tournaments it's just always so many ups and downs and you know confidence is such a fragile uh, element to success in bass fishing and in bass fishing tournaments and so my confidence has been kind of low because having you know a bad season last year a lot of problems and issues last year and and so this for it to turn around so quickly and then still fish for six seven hours and not have a bite and kind of start getting down just about ready to be done with the day and and then boom one cast one flip and changes your whole dynamic of your whole day, you know, and money winnings and points and heavy hitters and a record for the lake and the tour, all that can happen in one cast. And we all say that a lot. And I've said it many times, how you fish to the last minute, you don't ever waste any time because you never know everything can change in one cast. And then, but it really happened for me, like we've always said. And uh, so... That's the biggest thing to, to leave with, with all the listeners and all the fans out there. You know, fishing is such a humbling sport, but it's also such a uh, an amazing uh, sport of, of just the unknown. And so I'm so excited to, to be able to carry the flag here for the big fish now for hopefully as long as possible. Hopefully it'll it'll hold up for most of major league fishing history because it's going to be that's a that's a you know, once-in-a-lifetime kind of fish, so hopefully that record won't get broken and we'll, uh, we'll move on to Lake Fork and hopefully we can keep the momentum going. Yeah, it's definitely, I'd say, got a good shot to stand for a while because it's huge. The, the only problem is that the Bass Pro Tour goes to so many, like, kind of cool off-the-wall places, and some of them have real giants. Like, 
there's there's a chance that you're going to fish bussy break again. If you were fishing the pro circuit, you know, you're probably not hitting that level of big fish factory. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one, right. And I, but I know, I know for 30 years I've fished some of the best lakes in the country, uh, public lakes and private lakes, but specifically I've fished a bunch of really great private lakes that are, you know, trophy managed lakes that I've never, I never even caught, you know, one over 10 pounds in any of the private trophy lakes at the, at the perfect time of the year. So catching a 13-pounder is going to be hard to, hard to see happen again, I think. That's, uh, that's for sure. One thing I loved about both those catches is, like, you caught them on, you know, I guess you probably can't buy that lipless uh, just in any tackle shop now. But, you know, you caught them on totally normal things. Like, you, you're a pro angler, yeah. but you didn't reach deep into you know the recesses of fishing tackle that nobody else has plumbed like you didn't have some ultra top secret bait from japan you know you caught them on just like fishing lures you know (laughs) yeah that's right and that's that's what and that's what i say the fishing is so uh it's so wide open now for everybody out here everybody that follows us everybody that the major league fishing fan if you get that you know sign up to be a member and get that membership uh, in that package and that bait pack that comes every every month or whatever with the membership those are top quality baits that come in there that you can buy right off the shelf and it's the same stuff that we use and everything that I use is stock stuff you know like I said my Livingston lipless bait I was catching most of my fish on uh, three quarter ounce and then a few on a half ounce and I just the only reason I probably would have caught the fish on that Livingston lipless had I been throwing it but at the moment, I laid it down to pick up that uh, old one-knocker, which is an old bait that they don't make anymore, just because it was a little bit lighter, and I was throwing it up there so shallow. And uh, and then that fish bit it right then. So, like I say, stock, normal baits, and then the old Yamamoto original Cinco, that's the, one of the bass-catchingest baits of all time. It's just a simple five-inch Cinco, but the formula used in that bait is uh, second to nine, and Anybody can buy them on any store, anywhere, and, and have a chance of catching the biggest fish of their life on it. And that's what's cool about fishing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, also, you know, catching them on the Senko is super cool because there's probably not a better beginner bait out there. And there's, you know, also maybe not a better just regular tournament bait out there. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. I've caught so so many fish over the last 15 years or more on that bait and my both of my boys are 16 to 20 years old now and walking the banks of campground ponds and shorelines as kids you know on tour um, out there with Mason Chapman, Brent Chapman's son and Marty Robinson's son Marshall and you know Cal Lane all the different kids that are all growing up fishing Toyota series together now uh, those my boys grew up with Cinco's in their back pocket walking the shorelines and they caught bass everywhere they went like you say it's the best easiest bait for anybody to fish at any level and you can catch your biggest bass of your life on for sure um i want to kind of dial out now a little bit and maybe look a little more big picture less at these actual these specific fish uh, as hard as that is but like this year you know you were fishing the bass pro tour obviously but you also are fishing the pro circuit and you finished 92nd 
add uh, Rayburn to start the year, which is not great, but also, like, you know, it's the first tournament of the year. you got two Tennessee River events coming up. Like, you've got plenty of opportunity yeah. to make that better. Um, Why do you decide to fish both circuits this year? Yeah, the reason I got in this year was last year um, I had a I had a rough year physically and mentally because so much stuff was going on. Not I mean, one the one thing that everybody publicly knew, you know, I got COVID after I cast like seven or eight of us did and got pneumonia from it and got pretty sick and had to miss Lake Champlain and then first first year in my whole career, 28, 29-year career, that I ever missed a tournament. And I've been sick a lot of my life, but I never had to miss a tournament. So that was that was monumental, and it, and it just made it tough. And then prior to that, I never publicly ever talked about it. I had some other – I've had a lot of colon-type colon removal surgeries and a bunch of intestinal surgeries over the years, years ago. I had a few problems early in the year, and I had a little – little minor surgery that I didn't talk about and it never healed up and um, I struggled you know although I never let anybody know it I struggled the first four or five months uh, out there on tour just having problems having to come back forth coming home to the doctor doing different medicines different things trying to get healed up and, uh, and then the COVID thing on top of that afterwards so it really was a trying year mentally last year and uh, and I just so it was so good to put it behind me, and um, and my wife Robin, she's so amazing and so supportive. She was her idea because I kicked the idea around last year and then I didn't do it. And she's like, you know, you need to fish the pro circuit. I feel like you need to get out there and get back to in the fishing, making decisions, having time on the water. You know, that's going to make you get better and get back to where you know you should be. And so she pretty pretty much pushed me and encouraged me to do it. And um, so that's the reason I jumped in there to do it this year. And, um, and I didn't do good, in the, as good in the first one as I wanted to, but it was kind of a crazy week coming in there. I got my boat um, the day before I got there for the tournament and had all kinds of rigging issues. That, so I sat up there with the service crews and guys getting everything rigged and working on the boat and missed most of the practice round. And, and uh, we're thankful to get out of there with a 90-second place. So hopefully I can rebound from that the rest of the season. It will be all right. Yeah, I, uh, I would say you've got pretty good odds of that. And I think that, I mean, I guess first of all, it sounds like a really tough 2021. But I think that probably fishing more is good. I mean, you know, not that Michael Neal is a be-all, yeah. end-all, but, man, it's certainly working for him. <laughs> oh, I know. Michael Neal is just unbelievably hot on fire right now to end the season winning and then start the season winning it's just unbelievable how great an angler he is but he would tell you the same thing it's all that time on the water and, uh, and, and I used to spend more time on the water back before I had as much you know many commitments and as many things as many irons in them. that's my fault but it's also just different seasons in life things are more important than, than others at certain times so this past the past few years you know, I haven't devoted as much time to being on the water as I need to, and uh, that's why this year we're changing that. We're putting it back up there in the top three with time, and hopefully we're going to have a good year with it. I like it. Um, did uh, Are you going to get the chance to fish any tournaments uh, with Laker? Because I know there were a couple where you guys coincided last year, I think, and you probably got to you know, stay together and 
you know, talk about how you caught fish together, and that's a that's a pretty cool father son. Yeah, thing. it was fun. You know, that's why I jumped in a couple of the Toyotas last year, just just for his sake. And really, the first one I went to in Florida with him, and I thought I really was doing it kind of to make sure he was going to be okay and to still still treating him like my like my kid, you know. But then when I got out there, found out right away that you know he was he was fine on his own. He didn't need my help out there at all. He was he was already flying solo already and had his buddies to run with and his uh, his friends. So man, I, I was happy see that and that was amazing so i'll miss i'll miss a little bit of time getting to do that but I, at the same time i'm excited about his future and him qualifying for the pro circuit through the toyota series and then when he does um, i'll still probably fish the pro circuit and we'll be able to run together on the pro circuit kind of like chris lane and cal lane are doing this year yep. uh, cal made it the first year and the two of them are getting to run together so that's a lot that's a very uh cool satisfying thing to see your your son come up and do the same thing and love it and see him be successful at it and uh, so i'm looking forward to the future for him nice well he finished 11th at okeechobee um would have finished 10th if we didn't have the uh the new final day uh with top 25 so the the rule change cost yeah. him a, a point there <laughs> but he got off to sure a great is. start. You you reckon 2023 is the year he'll make it this year? You know, I, I feel I feel good about it because he, he ended his year last year um, at the, the BFL Regional at St. John's River, and he made the All-American, um, and, it, and that was his best finish, you know, on the, on the circuit amongst a bunch of good anglers in, in those regional. So that gave him some confidence, and they, it was a tough bite. And he found them on his own, and he, he junk fished, and he just really capitalized on a very tough practice. And uh, so he learned a lot. I think he grew up a lot last year. And then this year to start out with an 11th place down there at Okeechobee, and that's a really tough place to find fish, you know. And he, he found fish somewhere on his own and nobody no other competitors ever came in around him anywhere and it was it that's that's amazing to me because i've been there so many times and i've i've struggled there multiple times lately and uh so i'm proud of him i feel like he's got a good future ahead of him and i hope this will be his, his year to qualify and, it, and he's fishing three divisions of the toyotas this year so he's gonna have plenty of opportunities so hoping this will be his year he's all in and he gets the championship on his home pond, which that's a nice plus there. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely motivating him a lot to, to work hard and do well because that that $200,000 championship, that's something sometimes people don't even realize how lucrative the, the Major League Fishing Toyota Series is, you know, bang, but the most bang for your buck for what you spend on levels of competition that by far exceeds any of the competition with uh, Bassmaster Open and anything else. I mean, it's a great having its own championship. The top 25 in that division can be in that championship that can be for over $200,000, man. You can't beat that. Yeah. I mean, even this just regular season event coming up on Gunnersville, there's, we've got 320 boats signed up for it. First place is going to wow. be eighty grand. Like, wow. <laughs> for that's less awesome, than $2,000 in entry fee. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no, that's really great. That's why I said, man, it's, it's, the best, it's the best thing going for 
the money spent and then the opportunities to qualify to move up pro circuit as well. It's really great. So for you, I guess you're driving back home now, and then you are going to turn it around pretty quick and go to Fork, right? Yeah, I've got to go back to Fork on Wednesday of next week. So uh, not going to be home very long, but I wanted to, I need to get home and regroup my equipment and everything. It's, you know, three and a half weeks on the road, my boat inside, my truck, everything is, looks like a, a bomb went off in a tackle store because it's just... <laughs> Scattered and mess everywhere. It's very, very unorganized and dirty. So I'm, I'm going to spend some time next week getting everything cleaned up and organized, re-rigged. Got a lot of new rods and reels in from Daiwa, a lot of new equipment baits from Livingston Yonemoto, Bass Pro. A lot of people that I've had shipments come in late after I left home. So I'm going to regroup and have all my new equipment ready for Lake Port. All right. Well, if you don't catch like a 10 or 12 pounder there, you're going to have to get rid of all that new stuff and go back to what was catching the 10 or 12 pounds. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I've still got my bags of black blue Senkos and that Triton, and I've got that Eastman Road flipping stick. I'll be using that same rig when I get to Lake Fort without a doubt. All right. Well, I tell you what, Randy, I really appreciate you taking the time to break it down. I love talking about giant fish. Um, you had a, an amazing week, an amazing start to the season. Um, before I let you go, I mean, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, I know you got social media. Anything else? You know, now's your time. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate uh, the, the fan support. After all these uh, big fish catches this past week, I've had more messages on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And so make sure you follow me if you haven't followed me yet uh, at Randy Howell Fishing on Facebook and Instagram, and also on TikTok at Randy Howell Fishing. And uh, we're working hard to keep. A lot of cool content out there, knowledgeable stuff, entertaining stuff, and just, you know, good deals and sponsor deals as well. So thanks to all the fans for following us, and it's going to be a great, great, great year for all of us on Major League Fishing. All right. Well, Randy, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, safe drive, and uh, good luck at Fort, man. I appreciate it. All right, all right, Joey. Thank you for the time, too, and we'll see you guys out there.